This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic is one that was suggested by a follower, and it's a big topic, and we're going to address it from a number of different angles and maybe take a little bit of a different take on it than you typically hear when you think of this subject. And it's the topic of preparing for the college years. And usually you think of preparing financially, maybe savings or, you know, scholarships or how are you going to afford college? Or you think of prepping your kids academically for college. But we want to talk about it in a little bit more of a holistic manner. And the question was that came in, how are you guys preparing for the college years? And Jesse, I thought that that way of asking the question was unique. Because it wasn't about, you know, how are you going to afford college? What are you doing Mm -hmm. financially? Or how are you academically preparing your kids to get into a great college? Or, you know, what do your kids want to go to college for? Where do they want to go to college? But how are you guys preparing for the college years? And it opens up, how are you preparing them for the college years? How are you preparing yourself for the college years? How are you preparing them for the years that where you would go to college if you go to college. So it's very, uh, very broad based. So I appreciate that. We recently talked about how our oldest turned 16. And so this is something that is very much in the forefront of our minds. Mm -hmm. And Caitlin, 
are next in line. She's in ninth grade. So we have two high schoolers right now. So there's a lot of drama. <laughs> okay, that's not what I was gonna say. <laughs> there's a lot of kind of forward thinking yes, going definitely. on because it it is important to be thinking, okay, you know, your school years are drawing to a close. And what does it look like after that? Mm-hmm. And what is God calling you to? What are your gifts and your passions and your interests? And how do you prepare well for where you feel God is leading you mm-hmm. in the future? And right now, really, we have two different different people that we're working with because one knows exactly where she wants to go, what she wants to do, when she's going to do it, how she's going to do it. And then we have another that right now is not decided at all. And, and is, uh, so we're, we're working kind of, um, both avenues and in, in preparing them for the college year, so to speak. So, and I think one of the important things here is we have a different mindset than a lot of people might have. And that is, we aren't saying to our kids, you must go to college. College is a requirement. We will not discourage it but we're not requiring it. And I think that's just because you and I have very different experiences. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that, Jesse, you went to lots of years of college and I went to no years of college. (laughs) I didn't go to college. There's no middle ground here. And I did get kind of the equivalent of sort of, you could say, an associate's degree from an online Law school. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It was. It was a good experience for you. It was. I would um, say, I would not say it was, it was the a equivalent para, of associate's okay, degree. A paralegal certification is what I got through an online law school. It was Oak Brook College of Law, which I don't even know if they're around anymore, but it was through our homeschool organization. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't regret doing that because I feel like it helps me to understand mm-hmm. a little bit of the legal stuff. I think it also helped you with your thinking and your ability to analyze things. I would also say just, I think it's good to challenge yourself mm-hmm. to do things that are outside of your realm of interest. I don't think you need to do that for years and years and years, but for me to challenge myself to do something that this was going to be a big part of your life. Mm-hmm. And so for me to step into your world and and that's why you did it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why I did it. Cause I knew we were going to get married and I wanted to, have somewhat of an understanding of what your world was going to look like. The other thing I would say is that it actually has helped me in the business with just contracts and that sort of thing, understanding those a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But for all intents and purposes, I didn't go to college and you got your law degree. And so that was seven years of college. And so we had very different experiences, and I don't think either one of us regret the path that we took, but I think it also goes to show that college isn't the one and only way to be successful in Mm -hmm. life or to follow your gifts and passions and dreams and do what God's called you to do. Well, and I think that with COVID going on, I think a lot of people are second-guessing the realities of going to college because People are not going to college. And I've even heard debates on, is this going to change the face of what college looks like for a long time in the future? Because the college experience right now from the college kids that we've talked to, it's just very, very, very different. Mm -hmm. 
So let's talk about how we're preparing for the college years, not only our kids, but also us as a couple. Mm -hmm. First off, I think one of the most important things that we are seeking to do is to prepare our kids to be adults. This is one thing in my new book, Love Center Parenting, that I talk a lot about. And the subtitle of my book, Love Center Parenting, The No-Fail Guide to Launching Your Kids. And I've gotten some pushback on that from people, which I knew it would, you know, kind of be intriguing to people that I'm writing a book kind of promising, this is your no-fail guide to launching your kids. And it would take me a whole book, it did, to really explain that concept. But the basic premise of it is that when you are faithful, when you walk with your kids, when you love them, lean into them and love them, you can't fail. But then also the importance of launching your kids. That is love-centered parenting, is launching your kids. Because I think there can be this tendency to raise kids who are dependent on you. Mm -hmm. You want your kids to need you. And so you kind of wrap yourself around them in the sense of that you're not slowly letting them go. And launching them doesn't happen when they're 18 years old. It should, at least I believe, start happening from the time that they learn how to walk or from the time they're born. Mm -hmm. You're slowly teaching them and nurturing them and helping them and training them so that the goal is to launch them. And you're thinking of long-term things when they're little, you're teaching them how to process things well, how to be independent, how to get their own cereal or buckle their own seatbelt or take themselves potty or as they get older, do their own homework or have conversations with their teacher, address things. We have our kids email their teachers from the time they're pretty young and so that they're learning to do that with our help and we're coming alongside them and helping them gradually. Mm -hmm. We're letting more and more and more rope for them so that they are being able to do things on their own with confidence. And so- Well, the other thing too that- you hadn't touched on is you change the definition of what failure is. Mm-hmm. You change what that mindset is. Okay. What does failure look like and what does it not look like? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's key to understanding how you don't fail. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because our success as parents, and this is just a side note, but our success as parents is not about our kids choices and behavior. God requires faithfulness. That's what he's asking of us. Not that our kids are perfect and well-mannered and well-established and get great jobs and go on to make a huge difference in the world. We hope that we are raising kids who have character. We hope that they use their gifts and talents for the glory of God, but we ultimately can't control that. And so I think as we're thinking in the context of preparing for the college years, it is that understanding that it's not our job to micromanage, bubble wrap, and overprotect our kids. Mm -hmm. But we can start that when they're young so that we're preparing them for that 
physical launching of them into the world. And so slowly letting our kids make more and more of their own decisions and choices. And this is something I think, especially with Catherine, that we have been guiding her and having lots of discussions with her, but more and more as she comes and she'll say, Hey, I was thinking about doing such and such or so-and-so. What do you think? And she's very good about asking for our input on things. And more and more, we've been saying, well, what do you think? What do you think you should do? And we'll have a conversation. And then ultimately, in most cases, we'll say, it's up to you. You're, you're 16. And, you know, pretty soon, you're, we're not going to be here to have a say in your decision making. And so we want you to be Unless able- you want us to have a say in your decision making. Yes. Yeah. But you're not going to be under our roof. And so it's important that you feel confident to seek the Lord on your own and think through things and process through things. And we're happy to always be here as a sounding board, Mm -hmm. but we want you to own your own decisions. And so that can start when they're pretty young. And I think to just pay attention to how often if our child is struggling, do we just come in and fix it for them? Or do we kind of let them figure out and try to come up with a solution on their own? And mm-hmm. it, just in little ways, for instance, with Kirsten, if she's learning to crawl around and climb over things and go from one piece of furniture to the next, and sometimes she gets stuck somewhere. And it's just a little thing, but I will let her, unless she's obviously, if she's hurt or something, but mm-hmm. if she's just kind of a little frustrated because she's trying to figure out how to get unstuck from wherever she's gotten herself into. I'll just wait and I'll let her take some time to try to figure out how to maneuver herself out of that situation. It's so fun to watch because she does. She figures it out and, and doesn't need our help. Yes. Very rarely does she. And I think it's just starting when they're young of believing in them enough to let them try. Mm-hmm. As long as they're not in danger, as long as they're not, you know, stepping into something that would be their safety is at risk or, you know, is some type of moral thing that we need to address right away. But letting them grapple with things and make more and more of their own decisions and choices. And I think of something recently where one of our kids purchased something online and they talked to us a little bit about it. It was a significant amount of money and I said, did you research the place and that you were ordering from? Because I was like, I've never ordered from that before. And they were like, it's a good deal. And, you know, they wanted to get it and they wanted to spend their money on it. And I said, okay, well, I've never ordered from them before. And I don't know, but if you feel like this is a good deal and you want to spend your money on it, then go for it. But that's your choice. And it ended up being a real lemon. And it was great because we had a conversation about how okay, what did you learn from this? Mm-hmm. And Got to make lemonade out of that. Again, I think that instead of shaming them or saying, I can't believe you would do that. I told you it wasn't a good, you know, I told you you shouldn't order from that website. Just being like, okay, well, is there a way that you can try to return the product and get your money back? And they looked into that and they learned some things from that. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, They had to just chalk it up to lessons learned. Yes. And we talked about how 
what did you learn from this? And they learned so much from it that it's going to help them later on in life. Because you would much rather make that mistake at that money level than (laughs) on something with a lot more zeros. Yes. Secondly, I think something that has been really helpful and important in our home is to have lots of conversations with our kids. And conversations are very different than sermons. And I think as parents, we want to raise our kids to, we want them to be kids of character. We want them to, as Christians, to love the Lord. And we want them to make good decisions. And we have more life experience. And so it's easy for us to kind of have a better and bigger picture of things. So if they're walking into a situation or saying they think this, having a strong opinion about something, it's easy for us to just jump to, well, that's not right. And here's why and explain and try to correct them. But I think that conversations, we need to remember it's a two-way sort of thing. And so I've just been really convicted of this. And this is something I talk about in Love Center Parenting about how How much time are we spending correcting our kids and how much time are we spending connecting with them? Mm -hmm. Because think about it in a relationship with someone else, like in our marriage, Jesse, if you were coming to me and, you know, wanting to talk about something and I just instantly went to correcting where you were wrong. Okay. You're giving me that look. (laughs) Maybe I've done that a few times, maybe more than a few times, but you're not going to want to come to me and talk to me about things mm-hmm. if all you're going to get from me is just a lecture right? or, or, or being shut down. Right. I'm going to shut you down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you down. It's the same thing for our kids. Now, it's on a different, you know, a different level because we're right. not, you know, we are their God-given authority figures. And it is our God-given responsibility to lead them well with humility. But how much are we actually having conversations instead of just giving lectures? Well, and also having conversations is leading them well. It's not leading them by pulling them with a rope in the direction that we want them to go. It's leading them with the rope slack saying, hey, come along. Let's come to this conclusion together. And we're using these opportunities to teach them how to think and to to think logically and and think thoroughly. And and that would prepare them much better for college years, whether they go to college or not, especially if they go to college, instead of just trying to parrot somebody else's viewpoints or their other opinions or... You know, so that way they can come to their own conclusions and to support their own conclusions with their own thinking. If all their response is when someone asks, well, why do you believe that? Well, because my parents did. That's not going to take them very far. Or why do you believe that? Um, Just because. Yeah. No, I don't have any reasons underpinning why I believe what I believe. I, I That's just what I think. And talking with young people. That's what I come across so much, and it's very discouraging. And so I think letting them wrestle with different positions. Mm -hmm. I I know this past year, we've had a lot of discussions when it comes to politics. And one of the things that we try to do is to really say, what do you think? Why do you think that? 
And let's play that out. Okay, so if you believe that, where does this lead? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I will play the devil's advocate in a sense with my kids, even when I might totally agree with them. But I want to expose them to different viewpoints. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to defend why they believe what they believe. I want them to know the possible different criticisms that could come for that belief or also the other, the possible ramifications of that belief as well that they may not see. And so having those conversations and sometimes I think it's just, you know, I'll say, Hey, I read this article today or I heard this today. What do you think about that? And they have really insightful perspectives. I learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. And I want to create in them a curiosity for life. And I think also this is going to gift them in relationships if they can have this curiosity. And instead of just shutting people down, well, that's not right. Being able to say, well, why do you believe that? And Tell me more about that. And so in conversations with our kids, asking them those questions too and modeling for them what it looks like to have good conversations, to be able to have healthy debate, to be able to have differing perspectives. And our kids know that we don't expect them to believe exactly what we believe. We, Jesse, you and I don't agree on everything. And they've seen us together have those conversations right. and come at it from different angles. And I think that that's a healthy thing so long as we're doing it in a loving, kind manner. Mm-hmm. And for them to realize you can be best friends with someone and not see eye to eye on everything. One of the books that I've been reading recently is called Mama Bear Apologetics. And I, so far, I'm not fully through it. I'm about a little over halfway through I feel like this is a very important resource for every parent to read. I don't agree with everything in it, but I think that learning to think and exposing our kids to differing viewpoints and really helping them to process through these things is very important. And so, having as parents for us to understand. What are the different viewpoints that are out there? And why don't we believe that? You know, and just instead of just kind of putting your head down and being like, well, this is the only way, this is the right way. Why is that belief system or that perspective not what we believe? And can we actually articulate what we believe and why we don't believe that? And can we do it in a loving and kind manner, not in just this passive-aggressive sort of put-down manner. Mm -hmm. And so having those conversations and encouraging that, I feel like is one way that we're really seeking to prepare for the college years. And then also, you talked about this before we went live, and that was exposing our kids to differing viewpoints and slowly exposing them to things. Do you want to talk more about that? Well, it's not just viewpoints, it's activities mm. and around people that do things that they don't necessarily agree with and put them in, in situations where they have to stand alone. Mm-hmm. 
that's really important for as as we move on towards adulthood because our children are going to have to stand alone whether we're there or not and we can't be there to prop them up they're going to have to do it on their own and this goes back to what they believe and why they believe it and knowing that and being firm in their convictions and and what they think is the right thing to do well and i think an important point to make here is that if we just kind of expect them to believe exactly what we believe. We're teaching them basically to be sheep. Mm-hmm. Like just wherever you are, you kind of just follow, follow the pack. Mm-hmm. And if we don't put them in situations, now obviously you need to be wise and careful and thoughtful and slowly do this. But mm-hmm. if we never put them in situations where they're with people and they're exposed to things where they have to stand alone, they're not going to know how to. Mm-hmm. And so all they're going to know is just wherever I am, I'm in this little bubble and I just go along with what everybody else does. So if their bubble completely changes, they go from being in you know a Christian home where they're surrounded by Christian values. And let's say they go off to college and it's not a Christian college and they're in working in a job that is not a Christian environment or even if it is, but it's very different beliefs Mm -hmm. than what they were raised with. If they've never learned to stand alone, if they've only learned, you just follow whatever everybody else does. That's what we do. They're just going to swing the pendulum over to wherever the temperature of the room that they're in is what they will become. Mm -hmm. And so teaching them that it's okay to say, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this. I, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. But, but to be able to do it in a A loving way, a loving way. And Mm -hmm. so that's one of our things is really wanting our kids to have opportunities to stand alone so that they can practice that when we're not with them so that they have the confidence that it's okay to be different. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go along and do what everybody else is doing. We want you to think for yourself because I mean, it's said a lot, but you know, if you just go along with what everybody else does, well, if everybody's going to jump off a bridge, are you going to do it too? If that's all you know is to just be a follower, then you could get yourself down some really bad paths because you're just following someone else instead of thinking for yourself. And one thing that kind of unintended consequence that we've seen as a result of this is that it's really developed a character in, especially our older kids, where people will come to them and trust them Mm -hmm. and confide in them. And they're almost confidants in a way for people that might be struggling in certain areas. Mm -hmm. And when you approach that with a loving attitude, they're really able to be good friends to people Mm -hmm. because they're approaching it in love like this and not with a judgmental attitude. Two more points that I want to make. I think the, one of the most important things is preparing for the college years with lots and lots of prayer, knowing that We are going to make mistakes. We have made lots of mistakes in our parenting. I share a lot of them in Love Center Parenting, my new book that comes out in March. And 
knowing that why we have Jesus is because we aren't going to do it perfectly. And so we need him each and every hour of each and every day. And I think of Jesse, just this past week, we've had multiple situations where our kids were struggling and there were some hard things going on. And we just had to cry out to the Lord and even coming together as a family and Mm -hmm. praying together about one situation that was just really hard. I don't know another word for it. Mm -hmm. And, and just saying, you know, God, we need your help. And so modeling that for our kids of looking to the Lord and modeling for our kids that we don't have it all figured out and that we have to look to Jesus and ask him for wisdom each and every day. I think that's one of the most important ways that we can prepare for the college years or that we can just prepare for whatever today has is to just look to the Lord and seek him. And then finally, it's not just about launching your kids. I think sometimes we can get so focused on our kids and all the different things, you know, with, especially as they get older and there's just big stuff. It's like the consequences of their decisions, it can have really life impacting ramifications. And so you can get kind of so focused on that, on walking with them and spending time with them and the conversations and also just all of the juggling of schedules and activities and, you know, just all the things that it becomes about our kids and that we don't have things as a couple that really connect us. And we've seen this happen where the kids go off to college and all of a sudden a couple says, oh, what was tying us together? Mm -hmm. It was our kids. And we don't really have anything, the two of us. And, oh, we actually, like, there's no sparks left. It was just the kids that we were, that were connecting us. And now we don't have that. And so I think it's important for us as a couple, and this is something that we've really the last few years kind of said, okay, especially when you had no idea we were going to be foster parents <laughs> or have Kirsten. It was just the three older kids. And we were saying, you know, this was a few years ago, we said in five years, our life is going to look very different and they're not really going to need us much at all. And so what do we have that's just us? Mm-hmm. And so looking into how can we work on strengthening that bond and building into our relationship? And I know sometimes it's hard because your kids need a lot of things. They need time and they need emotional energy and they need you to drive them places and they need help with homework and they need to run an errand for different things and go to this and that at activity. But Making the time for your marriage is also a great gift that you can give your kids and modeling that before them because they're going to likely be in their own relationships soon, especially as they are nearing the college years. And so you are setting an example before them. Mm -hmm. And if all they see is that mom and dad's life revolves around their kids that's not setting a healthy example to them of what marriage is. And so I think we've tried to be more intentional about taking time 
and making time for just the two of us and having things that are just us and being okay with sometimes saying, hey guys, you're going to have to wait for a little while because we're working on our marriage right now or we're, we need to have a conversation without you in the room, which our kids, they like to be a part of our conversations, <laughs> but to teach them to respect that. And then, you know, or we just need to spend time together or we're going to go out and do something, just the two of us. And for them to see us having fun together and having relationships, you know, with other couples and that sort of thing, I think is a really great example. And it's really important. So there are some of our thoughts on preparing for the college years. As always, we'd love to hear from you. What are you doing in your home? What has been helpful to you? If you have already launched your kids, they're in college or older and married, we'd love to hear your wise advice. Every time that I have the opportunity to sit with someone who has already launched their kids, I always ask them, what advice would you have for me? And so I'm asking that of our audience today. If you have kids that are the same ages or older than ours, especially, I'd love to hear your advice for us because we are still very much learning, very much in the trenches. And Kirsten is only nine months old. (laughs) So we've got a lot more parenting to go. So we're always wanting to learn from others who have gone before. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week. And as always, any questions, comments, thoughts, or constructive criticism. We're up for it. Send a message to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 